0: Doug Terrell, History and Comment is available on iTunes. Hello friends, it's Friday. I'm Doug Terrell and this is History and Comment for the 29th day of September 2023. We are well beyond summer by this point. The autumn equinox was a few days ago and last night's full moon was the harvest moon. All of the full moons have names and in many cases multiple names. The Harvest Moon is the one nearest the equinox, so it could land as early as the 8th of September or as late as the 5th of October. The next one will be the Hunter's Moon, and the one in December, the Long Night Moon, as it will fall near the first day of winter and the shortest day, and therefore the longest night. The Department of War establishes the first regular army of several hundred men in 1789. I have been a student of the Civil War for about three decades, One synopsis of that war made the point that the United States was totally unprepared. One reason was the reduction in the army after the Mexican War, pointing out that America has a disdain for a standing army. We can see remnants of that in modern times. The Department of Defense budget is always a target in any budget talks, usually in favor of more domestic projects. Maybe we should point out here that common defense is a specific task of the federal government domestic projects, the domain of the states. Of course, even there, it's fraught with problems. Just look at California. The Pope restores Catholic bishops and dioceses in England in 1850. This was nearly 300 years after they were abolished. Even at that late date, it still raised some protest. This was about the same time as the Irish potato famine. The two may not be related, but coincidental. The fact remains there was some disdain in Ireland that the throne did little to relieve the distress on the Emerald Isle, at the time under the domain of the British crown. The potato blight broke out in 1845. At the time, the Irish population was 8.5 million people. Over the next seven years, one million will die from the effects and another one million will leave, many to the United States. The trend will continue for the rest of the 19th century. In 1901, the population will be just 4.4 million people. It has yet to reach the pre-famine levels almost 160 years later. The cornerstone for the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. is laid in 1907. It will be declared completed on the same day, 83 years later. Gene Autry was a popular singing cowboy who had a long career in Hollywood in Western movies. The singing cowboy was a fixture of Hollywood in the middle of the 20th century, the period where Tinseltown promoted good values as opposed to challenging them. Autry was also an astute businessman with a string of radio and television stations in California. He was also the founding owner of the California Angels Major League Baseball team. He was known for his availability to fans and was often asked for autographs. One anecdote goes that a fan asked him if he bet Autry wished he had a dollar for every one he had signed. The actor replied, he did have the dollar. Autry was born on this day in 1907 in the north Texas town of Tioga. The Allies in World War I are making progress when they break German defenses in western France known as the Hindenburg Line. After World War I, and as a result, the Ottoman Empire was broken up, sometimes known as the Turkish Empire. It had ruled southeastern Europe, parts of the Middle East, and northern Africa since about the year 1300. The League of Nations, the forerunner to the United Nations, issued a couple of mandates on this day in 1923 one for Palestine and Transjordan, which was controlled by Britain, and one for Syria and Lebanon, which was controlled by Britain and France. The idea was the European countries would act as trustees for a couple of decades until the countries could become independent. Of course, there will be issues in the post-World War II era. Palestine will become a destination for Jews, and the nation of Israel will be the independent country that comes at the end of the mandate. Children's author Stan Berenstein is born in 1923, singer Jerry Lee Lewis in 1935. Actor Larry Linville, most noted for his role in the MASH television series as Major Frank Burns, was born in 1939. He had a lengthy list of credits before and after MASH, though they were mostly non recurring roles. Television, as much as we disdain it, does have an impact on popular culture. If you were anywhere near the small screen in the late 70s and early 80s, you will recognize several popular theme songs. Mike Post was the go-to theme composer by a list of well-known producers that still dominate the media. He wrote the themes to Hill Street Blues, The Rockford Files, Magnum P.I., NYPD, Law & Order, and The Greatest American Hero. That one and the Rockford Files theme both charted as popular hits, but his skill was not limited to theme songs. He excelled as a record producer for the likes of Kenny Rogers and the First Editions, Dolly Parton, you might have heard the Little Diddy 9 to 5, and Van Halen's Van Halen 3 album. Post is mostly retired today on his 79th birthday. The first shuttle mission after the Challenger disaster lifts off in 1988. Let me say that I admire what narrator and Dirty Jobs actor Mike Rowe has accomplished. And I'm pretty certain he does not listen to history and comments, nor really care what I think. Nonetheless, I was reminded yesterday that his campaign for trade jobs is a bit misguided. Not so much his stance, but it has become the supporting document for the We don't need no stinking college crowd. The last dance is far more misguided than Roe. Now, not everyone has the skill set to do well in college, some very skilled in other ways. Rush Limbaugh often touted the fact he was not a good student, and he was massively successful. But he was also on the Mensa range of IQ, a voracious reader, and insanely creative we might be able to debate which of those was the most important, which was the cause, and which was the effect. He was also fortunate that he came of age when he did. It's quite possible that he would not obtain the same stellar position if he was starting today. The same can be said of several entrepreneurs in the corporate income tax bracket. Thomas Edison also had little formal education. We can see how that turned out. I was reminded a couple of times in the past week that there are a vast array of jobs that require a college degree, if for no other reason than a ticket in the door. The industry considers that entry folks have exposure to a list of college subjects. Now, let's be clear. There are throwaway degrees that are less likely to lead to a job, usually with arts in the name. College is certainly expensive, and that's a subject worthy of a very long discussion. And far too many kids consider alcohol consumption a worthy major. Yet the fact remains, excluding the idea of attending college to anyone in high school is a poor idea. It's an equally poor idea to promote that a 7th grader needs a life plan, but it should be parents, teachers, and especially guidance counselors' job to give kids as wide of exposure as possible to the opportunities that abound. Let's look at a construction site. Yes, there are trades and the operating engineers. But without a degree, it's doubtful you'll be the guy running the transit to place the stakes or have your name in the corner of the drawing. That's not to say there are not cases where the tradesmen are smarter than the engineer. But at the end of the day, the jury will more often find for the degreed person. I recall in high school crossing paths with a Purdue Ag engineer by the name of Bruce McKenzie, PhD, and thinking, I could not imagine eight more years of school. As I look back, that's a very short period of time, and I recently recalled that I'd been mostly retired for seven years. If I'd gone back to college when I retired, I could be working on my doctorate about now. Certainly, there are practical considerations, but it's far too easy to get caught up in the urgent and miss the important then I consider that pushing four decades ago, I adopted Rod Stewart's Maggie May" as a theme song. It's late September, and I really should be back in school. That's History in Common for the 29th day of September. I'm Doug Terrell. Now, go do something worth remembering.